0: Mother's Day, and let me say that I spent days scouring the internet for you. What was I researching? Let me, uh, let me share with you Pastor Ryan's internet research, the top 10 ways to honor mom on Mother's Day. And these all came from sites that gave lists of uh, what, what mothers really want on Mother's Day. So I did all the hard work, and I'm going to share the results with you. What does a mom really want for Mother's Day? Number one, a nap. Number two, a nice massage. Number three, to read a book while getting a foot rub. I hope you're writing these down. I did a lot of work on this. Number four, a phone call. Probably from older children, right? Who are prone to neglect their children or their parents. Um, a phone call. Just call me. Number five, something homemade. Make, make me something. Maybe brownies. I don't know. Maybe a craft. Number six, to be pampered. Number seven, a break. No, hey, no dishes or laundry for moms today. Amen? No dishes or laundry. Number eight, for children to put their phones down and get along. Number nine, quality time. The best of all, number ten, silence. I just, I just want it quiet. I just. Now, if this doesn't do it for mom, I wrote down a few honorable mentions that I found on websites. Number 11, a trip to Jamaica. (laughs) Number 12, the metabolism of a hummingbird. That's what mom said. Number 13, a dishwasher named Ryan Reynolds. So again, this is what the internet says. My wife already has a dishwasher named Ryan, and that's all she's getting (laughs) when it comes to that one, but... Hey, we want to honor moms on Mother's Day. We're in a series on Moses called The Story of Doubt and Deliverance. We just so happen to now be at the fifth commandment, which is what? Which is what? Honor your father and mother. So we're going to talk today about honoring your parents, especially your mother. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the word together. Father, thank you that you fill your word with such helpful, practical, life-giving commands as honor your father and your mother. Show us how to honor the moms. Show us why we must honor our parents. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to two places in the Bible. So you can open up to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. But then we are also going to camp in Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 3. Exodus 20, verse 12. Just if you haven't been around, uh, here's the context. Moses delivered the people from Egypt. They're now in the middle of the wilderness by Mount Sinai on their way to the promised land. But God stops them in the middle of nowhere, and God sets a mountain on fire, and then starts thundering and talking to the people. Moses goes up the inferno, comes back down with 10 commandments. So God is really trying to get our attention here. Lightning and smoke and thunder, and he's booming from this mountain, and then down comes Moses with Ten big things God wants us to get. And number five, right in the middle, is honor your father and mother. So just understand that this command, when it was first given, was given with the thundering authority of heaven while a flaming mountain was talking. Man, if you don't listen to that, I don't know what will get your attention. It says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Well, let's just write it down. There's only one point today with 3 subpoints. Honor your father and mother. You can write that down. And then there's reasons why and there's ways how we are going to honor mom and dad. But it says here in verse 12 that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Here's the picture. Israel is on the way to the promised land. They don't have a country yet. They just got broken free out of Egypt. And God's telling them, hey, you're about to go into the land do you want to stay there for a long time? And, and and yeah, they're camping right now in the middle of nowhere, so they'd like to stay somewhere for a long time. God's like, listen, honor your father and mother. This is kind of a promise and kind of a warning. The warning because God won't let them stay in the land if they break this command. The promise because God will if they keep it. Honor your father and mother. The word honor, if you look it up in the original language, literally means give Weight or regard as heavy. Okay, let's be very careful how we apply this. Mom, I want to give you weight for Mother's Day. No. Okay, Mom, I, I want to regard you as heavy for Mother. No, nope, I don't want to do that either. But you understand the symbolism here. It describes how huge of an influence mothers and fathers are supposed to be in your life. They're supposed to have great weight in your formation and in your decision-making. They're not supposed to be dismissed so lightly. They're not supposed to be like bearing no influence in your heart. We're supposed to honor, to give them a great honor because God wants that to be. How exactly do we bless them? Well, there's a few ways we can do that. Let's read our verses in Ephesians chapter 6 before we continue there. In Ephesians, the New Testament looks back to the Old and it says in Ephesians 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. If you're reading carefully, you'll see there that there's a new phrase there in uh, in this verse that isn't in the Exodus one. It says, That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. That's because this verse looks back to both Exodus and Deuteronomy 5.16, where the commandments are repeated and that phrase is included. So, based on these verses and other verses in the Bible, how do we honor mom and dad? Well, drop this down. Actively bless and thank them for their sacrifice. Throughout the Bible, one way to honor mom and dad is with your lips. To honor them is to speak well of them, to speak highly of them and not to speak poorly of them. Actively bless them and thank them for their sacrifice. Moms in particular are mentioned in Proverbs 31 verses 27 to 30. It says this, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up, here's the words, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. He says, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is, here it is again, to be praised. Do you see the theme? Praise her, bless her, compliment her. She, is, she has earned your blessings. What we say about moms is so important because it could build them up and show them that we're grateful for what they do. Now, let's just be honest. Nobody in this room has done a perfect job honoring their father and their mother. Uh, nobody has gotten an A++ in bringing all of the honor and the gratitude when it comes to honoring our parents for, for what they've done. Think about all of the things that our parents have done for us. I mean, think about it all. They have done so much in giving us food, in giving us shelter, and clothing. And man, I mean, your mom has wiped your face so many times, cleaning you up, have you really gotten even to the beginning of saying thank you for all of the embarrassing and humiliating things that you have done for me? What is it that moms do? I looked up online a site that said, if a, if a mom got a job description before she became a mom, here's what it would sound like. So do you want to hear a job description for a mom? As if it's posted, here it is. Position, mother, mom, mama, mommy. Job description, long-term team players needed for challenging permanent work in an often chaotic environment, right? Candidates must possess uh, excellent communication and organizational skills and be willing to work variable hours, which will include evenings and weekends and frequent 24-hour shifts on call. Some overnight travel required, including trips to primitive camping sites on rainy weekends and endless sports tournaments in faraway cities. Responsibilities the rest of your life. Must be willing to be hated, at least temporarily, until someone needs $5. Must be willing to bite tongue repeatedly. Also, must possess the physical stamina of a pack mule yet be able to go from zero to 60 in three seconds flat in case this time the screams for the backyard are not someone just crying wolf. Am I right? Must be willing to be indispensable one minute and an embarrassment the next. Must handle assembly and product safety testing of a half million cheap plastic toys and battery-operated devices. Responsibilities also include floor maintenance and janitorial work throughout the facility. Wages and compensa- compensation? Get this: you pay them. When you die, you give them whatever's left. <laughs> Benefits, limitless opportunities for personal growth, and free hugs for life if you play your cards right. Ah, moms, we know you do a lot, and so we have to honor, especially the moms. Don't dishonor or disrespect them. Honor them and respect them that it may go well with you. The Bible is filled with some pretty graphic warnings of what happens to the children who don't honor their father and mother. Check this out. Proverbs thirty seventeen says this, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. And everybody said, Ew. Go ahead, say it. Ew. This is awfully gruesome. And it's a great teaching tool for your little ones. Children gather around. Do you want to hear what happens to those naughty little boys and girls who don't listen to their parents? Their eyes will become bird food. Ew. And not just one bird. This verse envisions multiple types of birds eating your eyes. It's supposed to be scary. So teenagers, the next time you think of rolling your eyes at your parents, memorize this verse. Now, this doesn't mean that if you, if you disrespect your parents, that this is literally going to happen to you. But what it means is that if you make it a habit to dishonor your parents, that there are going to be some chillingly difficult things that happen to you. It's going to feel like your eyes are getting pecked out by birds. Yikes. Who would want that? Proverbs twenty twenty shows another image. It says this, If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. So, children, do you want to know what it will be like if you dishonor your father and mother? Imagine walking through a forest, a big spooky forest at night with a flashlight, and then your flashlight goes out. And all these evil animal eyes start opening up like in the movies. I mean, like, hello, horror film. That's what it will be like for you in life if you don't honor your father and mother. Imagine yourself in the middle of a deep, dark forest with no light. You're in danger. You can't see where you're going. Do you see how these images show us what happens if we don't bless our parents? A summary is this. Honor your parents or your life will be chillingly difficult and dangerous i'll say that again honor your parents or your life will be chillingly difficult and dangerous that's a promise from god actively bless them and thank them for their sacrifice hey dads and kids for moms in particular they need your encouragement more than you know Moms often feel exhausted at the end of the day trying to juggle everything that goes on in the house and outside of the house, and they feel like they didn't get it all done. Moms often feel like failures compared to other moms, especially TV moms who seem to somehow do it all. Moms fear the future. They often feel alone in the daily grind, and so you have to keep pouring into them, especially with your words. So speak often, speak highly of the moms. Actively bless and thank them for their sacrifice. So honor your father and mother. First, use your words. Bless and thank them. Next, jot this down. Gladly obey them. Gladly obey your parents. In Ephesians 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. When it comes to obedience few things we have to know here. First of all, your parents got their authority to be the leader of the home, not from themselves and not from you as if you gave it to them, but it's from God. God gives parents authority to lead their families, to lead their children. It's important that you know that because a parent doesn't have to earn your obedience or bribe you to doing what you're told. God gave them spiritual authority to lead you, and so God expects you to obey them. And God expects you to obey them whether they've earned it or not. Nobody gets perfect parents, so you can always reason your way out of following their authority because, oh, well, they did a this or they didn't do a that, so I don't have to obey them. But all earthly authority involves sin. The government the home, and if you say, well, I'll only follow authority if it's earned my respect, then that's really you breaking free of all authority, because there's no such thing as perfect earthly authority. God's command for you to submit to authority implies that you're submitting to imperfect authority, but you have to do it. You have to gladly do it. You have to obey your parents. God will hold them accountable for what they do with the authority he's given them and god will hold you accountable for how you have submitted to their leadership how what does this look like though i mean how do i obey my parents gladly like i'm 40 so what does it mean for me to obey my parents you know let's go through each life stage here briefly first of all childhood when you're a child in those early elementary school years obedience means this obey and respect your parents Obey does mean do what you're told. Do it the first time. We have a little saying in our way. Do it do it the right way, do it right away, and do it with the right heart, right? Do it, do it right away, do it the right way, and do it with the right heart. We make it pretty clear what we expect. We don't always get that, but that is the ideal. Parents, we have to insist on obedience from a very young age. We force a routine life on these little prodigals Because they are not going to come up with these schedules on their own. When it comes to what structure children need, they need help structuring their sleep, their their eating, what they say. They need to tame their self-centered angry hearts and how they deal with their siblings. And if we don't bring that structure and order to their lives, they won't just figure it out on their own. It's so important for children to get that structure and for them to obey and respect their parents while they're learning it. Children struggle though with this because sin is in the heart and it's in the heart from birth. Several years ago when my kids were younger, I said, children, what should we get mom for Mother's Day? And my middle daughter Cassie said, I don't know, a day of obedience? (laughs) This many? (laughs) Days of obedience? Finally, a day of obedience? It's cute, but it's true. I'm shocked at just how hard it is to get little children to follow the family plan. Like, are you shocked at how hard it is to get the children to eat and stay alive? Eat, eat, or to get dressed, right? Some days it's like the kids would rather just never get dressed again, just run outside with nothing on. And you're like, you're trying to give them the basics of becoming a domesticated human being, right? Like you're taming them. I watch Animal Planet And sometimes I'm shocked at how easy it seems to be for animal moms to get their kids in line. Am I right compared to human children? Check it out. Here's an animal mom who's got all her kids in line. Everybody get by me. Okay. Here's another animal mom who's just got it together. Everybody stay with me. Okay. Even insects. Check this out. Here's an insect mom who's got all the kids together. Ew. Well, look at how she's doing everybody on check when i was at the mall once with my young kids my son disappeared wasn't as frightening as when he disappeared at the zoo never lose your child at the zoo but at the mall he just disappears we turn around and he's gone and then five seconds later he runs out of a candy store with one of those giant lollipops he shoplifted <laughs> he stole it he just stole it and starts running down the mall which led to a low-speed chase where the worker came out caught up with him and took it back <laughs> and he was shocked. Why did you take my sucker away? The point is this. Kids need to learn obedience. And man, moms, we need you because, because dad's trying to get it done alone. It doesn't work. I saw a video recently of a dad who was left alone with the kids for too long. Check it out. Here's what happened. Dad left alone too long with the kids. Okay, boys. Yeah, those are Bubbles. Pop those bubbles, Stand up Going pop all the way, way up to the ceiling. <laughs> That's what happens when mom leaves the kids with dad for a little too long. Anarchy. Some of the guys are like, I'm doing that. <laughs> Father of the year. So for those childhood years, we have to teach our children to obey and respect. Obey and respect and respect. The world has another plan. The world will tell you to just let let your children become whoever they are. Like, they'll tell you who they're becoming. Eh. The Bible says you need to impose order on the chaos. It's of God to do that. It's reminiscent of creation. God brings order to the chaos, and that's how we need to display his image. What about the adolescent years? For adolescents, here's how we gladly obey our parents. We trust them and respect them. The word trust there is substituted. We still obey, but we trust that what they expect us to do is right. Those in the adolescent years, the teenagers, have more freedom and more responsibility. And kids at this age need to receive the protection that the parents are offering. Uh, Teenagers, listen, your parents see the outcome of things before you see it. They see relationships and they can read people better than you. So when you think that your parents are crazy or why would they do that or think that, just understand that you have to let them protect you. You have to let them protect you from bad friends or from boys, girl dad, girl dad. You have to take their advice and listen to their warnings. You have to trust them and you have to respect them. Respect means you work hard, you do what you're told. Uh, You don't start sluggishly, reluctantly following what they're saying. You are bringing the best of your heart, your words, your actions, because you know God wants you to obey your parents. Teenagers, you can't be at war with your parents and at peace with your God. Whatever relationship you have with your parents is how you're treating God, because he's commanded you to respect your parents. When it comes to the parental role, teenagers, this is your first chance to respond biblically to authority. And it's authority God has put in your life. and if you disregard this first test, if you disregard the parental authority in your life, that will, lead, that will affect a hundred relationships in your future with teachers and bosses and law enforcement and government. You will set a very bad precedent if you will not let your parents have the authority that God has given them over you. So you have to trust them and you have to respect them. That's what it means to gladly obey your parents in the teen years. What about adulthood So you're out of the house. Finally, finally, I'm on my own. I don't have to do what they say anymore. Well, what does it mean to honor your father and mother when you're an adult? Well, jot this down. It means to involve them and forgive them. Just going to let that sit there for a second. Powerful words, very easy to disobey. You involve them and you forgive them. Involve means you you keep it warm. You call them. You welcome them into your lives, into the lives of your children, uh, into the lives of their grandchildren. You involve them. You close the distance. You don't increase the distance. You lower the defenses. You don't raise the defenses. You want them active in your life. It doesn't mean that they move in next to you and smother you. It doesn't mean they tell you how to do everything right, but it means that you keep it warm. You involve them. You also forgive them. Uh, Newsflash, nobody in this room was raised by perfect parents. You were raised by sinful parents. So you have a lot of things you need to forgive in their parenting. But guess what? You weren't a perfect child. They have a lot of things they need to forgive you for. That street runs both ways. And if parent and child both get past the past, and they know that the baggage can be redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ and His love in the heart... Then that relationship can grow and bloom and develop like never before. But if you dig in your heels and you stubbornly, uh, you stubbornly push away your parents and you harbor bitterness and anger for decades, that is not going to go well for you. Because ultimately, you're saying something to God. Ultimately, what you're saying to him is, I won't do what you said, and I'm going to cling to something that's very toxic for my heart. When it comes to forgiveness, understand that God has strong things to say. If you don't forgive others, the Lord won't forgive you. That's a strong word. In other words, when God looks down at you, if you won't forgive others, he sees you as if you're a non-believer. So we have to forgive our parents, and we have to involve them in our lives. When it comes to today, it's very common in, in our culture to blame our parents for all of our misfortunes, especially if you go in for therapy, they talk about how your parents messed you up. Um, That is going to get you nowhere. You have to own your part of the past. You can't blame your parents because sin starts in your heart and sin runs through every heart. So you have to blame our fallenness and our fallen nature for whatever you were or weren't as a child and whatever they were or weren't as parents. And the solution is not for you to punish them endlessly for the rest of your lives, making it known to them how they messed you up. No, no you're going to look up to the heavens and say, boy, I need grace just like my parents needed grace, and we're all going to find reconciliation at the cross of Christ. That's what we're going for. That's God's will for your life. So in childhood, obey and respect. In adolescence, trust and respect. In adulthood, involve and forgive, and some of you haven't crossed that bridge yet. And maybe today's the day you need to get there. Next, finally, advanced in life. Meaning my parents are aging and... Uh, Their health is perhaps deteriorating. So how do I honor and respect them? Well, you have to meet their needs. You have to meet their needs. Which means you make substantial life changes to accommodate their growing needs. Just like they made substantial life changes to accommodate your needs. You see the circle of love running all the way around here. They changed... No parents get together and they're like, all right, baby coming into the world. How do we change nothing about our schedules and still keep this little one alive? Nobody does that. How do we make sure our budget stays the same and somehow junior gets to college? That doesn't happen. Your parents made substantial life changes to welcome you into the world And then when it gets to the point in life where they need that from you, you have to be willing to make the changes. That means big schedule changes. That means big work changes, perhaps. That means big financial sacrifices. But you can't just look away and say, well, that's not my job. It's even harder when you get to this life stage if siblings don't see eye to eye because the strife can continue to multiply. And I would just exhort you that that's a chance for you to walk right into the center of that mess with the love of Christ and bring as much peace and stability and sober-mindedness as you can. You can't do everything, but you can be a light in the darkness there, and you can just continue to say, hey, we're going to honor and provide for mom and dad. We are going to be the ones to be their advocates, and we're going to make changes if we have to to make sure that they're properly cared for. It's always hard when a church, our church, has to step in and help out somebody, perhaps a widow or somebody who's old, And we step in and we can only do a part, but we're wondering, where's the family? Where's the family? We even have a hard time getting a hold of the children and the grandchildren because they're just checking out. And it's a sin and it grieves the Lord. In 1 Timothy 5, 4, it says this, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents for this is pleasing in the sight of God. It pleases God when you realize just how much you cost your parents, and there was a cost. And you, therefore, with a grateful heart, spend yourself to care for them. And I know it might go on for years. We have several families in our church now uh, who have been setting a tremendous example in how they have changed their lives and and, and spent Weekend after weekend, traveling to faraway places, and going through the agonizing hospital visits just to find out what the right plan is. And they've done it right. Many of them have done it with siblings who who are nothing but selfish and self-centered and divisive, and they've done it. Uh, All of my grandparents passed away uh, recently. My grandma's passed away just a few years ago. My grandpa's went earlier than that. But my, my parents have set a tremendous example for me of how you go out of your way for your aging parents to care for them and protect them and fill their lives with activity. And so I saw that. I saw that modeled well for me. And when you do this for your parents, your children are watching. Hear me now. Your children are watching. So give your parents the care that you want your children to give to you. And then that cycle of Christ-like love won't be broken. So I hope that's clear. Honor your father and mother. Actively bless and thank them for their sacrifice. Gladly obey your parents at each stage of life. And then jot this down. So this is a reason why. So everybody say why. why. So I told you how. Now the Bible gives us a reason why. Because God blesses those who honor their parents. Why should I? Because God promises a blessing to those who obey. He also promises really bad things to those who disobey. But he blesses those who honor their parents. It says in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 2, Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment, with a promise. So there's ten commandments, but this is the first one you get to that has a blessing attached to it. The blessings are that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That it may go well with you means, generally speaking, your life will go better much better if you honor your father and mother and it will go worse much worse if you dishonor your father and mother this is a very general uh truth but it's true i'll repeat what i said earlier honor your parents or your life will be chillingly difficult and dangerous i mean even children if you get in the habit of just wandering off at the zoo who knows? Oh, i want to go meet the lion oh do you So if children just have this, I'm getting away from my parents, I mean, it could be life threatening. And even as you get into the teenage and the grown up years, there are things your parents have taught you that could literally save your life if you listen to them. So it will go well with you and your days will be long in the land. The picture here is life is good and your life is long. This is a general promise (coughs) of welfare and prosperity. Now, Just like all the Proverbs, this is not a promise in the sense that it's a guarantee. Uh, There were no doubt some children in the first century church who honored their father and mother, followed the commands, and were fed to lions in the Colosseum. All right, So, So there are exceptions to the rule. Sometimes following the truth can actually make life harder. But generally speaking, as a rule, most of the time the word of God is clear you honor your father and mother, your life goes much better and much longer. Now, this, this is true for a few reasons, because naturally speaking, if you just do what you're told, obey mom and dad and live an orderly life, you'll do better. You'll do better in school. You'll do better financially. You'll do better emotionally. You'll do better spiritually because you're just with the program. Uh, but also, not only the natural outgrowths of your choices, uh, but supernaturally god will favor you if if you honor your father and mother meaning you might be like i got to care for mom and dad i don't even know where the money's going to come from hey god will honor you he will supernaturally provide for you if you set your heart to do the right thing he will show up in ways that you can't manufacture because he's honoring you because you're following his command god will make it go well for you and it's important that we get this right in the home because as goes the Family, so goes the nation. If we have a generation rising up of children who cast off the restraints of their parents and won't submit to authority and make all sorts of selfish, indulgent decisions that don't care for the people around them, then, then we're seeing this, the character, the fabric of the nation will erode. But it starts in the home. God blesses those who honor their parents. In Mark seven ten, Jesus renewed what Moses said. Listen, these are the words of Jesus. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. Whoa, that's my Jesus? Saying that? Does he really mean that we're supposed to stone children who don't? No, he's not saying that. The Mosaic law does, no longer applies to the church. He's not renewing the consequences of that law. But he's reminding us of the transcendent principle. This is still true. That in heaven's court of law, dishonoring your father and mother is a capital crime. Jesus said that. Wow. This is exactly how God feels about our heart toward our parents. The way we treat our parents is the way we're treating our God. There is no separation in his heart. Dishonoring them is dishonoring him. Neglecting them is neglecting him. Al Mohler said, "This our response to our parents indicates how we will respond to our Creator. The truth is, the road of rebellion against parents leads to rebellion against God. Ultimately, this road will take us away from the Father forever. We must learn obedience, respect, and honor in the home. Then our relationship toward God, the Father, our heavenly Father, will be mature and life-giving." Because we'll fall under his authority. We'll let him correct us and teach us and care for us. It all starts in the home. God blesses those who honor their parents. Now remember, Jesus says that we're not to honor our parents instead of our God. We're not to honor our parents above our God. So he says in Matthew 10, 37 to 38: Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me so here as we reach the end i want it to be loud and clear that jesus wants to have the proper place in every home he wants to have the highest place in every heart and so that means while the bar is set so high for us to honor our mothers and our fathers the bar couldn't be higher for how we honor the lord Jesus Christ. And we would never do anything for mom or dad out of fear that keeps us from the Lord Jesus. We want to honor Jesus even if that means our parents don't agree. We would never want to turn our children into our idols. We want the Lord Jesus to be the one who is above all. Jesus himself is such a great portrait of how our lives are to run. If you look at Jesus, what do you see? You see a son, the only son of the Father. Jesus is the only natural born eternal son of God. All of his other children must be adopted into the family through faith. But we see in Jesus a son humbly doing the Father's will. We see a son who taught what the Father intended. We see a son who went where the Father directed who called those that the Father gave Him, and who suffered what the Father ordained. Perfect Father, perfect Son, and through that perfect relationship, you see life given to the world. Do you see how God's household is a pattern and model for our household? And when we align our homes, children perfectly loving and submitting to parents, with the divine standard, we then show the world the gospel. We show the world the way that Jesus actually brought life to the earth. And also, when we trust in Jesus, who is the Son sent from the Father, we become children of God. And then when we honor and obey our Heavenly Father, the world sees a family that they want to be a part of. A family filled with love, governed by truth. A family that will be together forever. Wow. Our homes need to reflect the gospel When we build strong, godly relationships between parents and children, the world sees Christ and the Heavenly Father. Let me just say this. Maybe in your life, you feel like there's just been a big, gaping hole in your heart because you've never known the love of God the Father. I go into high schools in the area when the Christian clubs invite me and we do Q&A sessions, and there during lunchtime or whatever, after school, kids who don't go to church can ask pastors any questions they want, and we get some hard ones. Right, But one girl raised up her hand, and she just said, nobody's ever told me that God loves me. Like, what What does that mean that God loves me? And I'm like, here's a junior in high school. Nobody's ever told her that God loves her or how he loves her. Wow, so I got the chance to say this. Listen, God's love for you is that he sent his one and only son into the world to die for you on the cross. And if you realize that his son took all of your sins with him, died on the cross in your place, then he was thrown in a tomb, but on the third day the Father rose him again to life, and now he rules heaven, then you'll know God's love. All of God's love for you is found in his son. If you receive his son, you receive his love. If you reject his son, you reject his love. Sometimes people say, well, I've always known God. He's always been there for me. That's not true. You don't know God the way he wants you to know him until you embrace Jesus as Savior. His love was sent into the world Christmas morning. His love was sent into the world Christmas. And then Good Friday, he died on the cross for you. And Easter Sunday, he rose again. Hey, have you received God's love? Have you received the son who came from above? Only then do you become a child of God. And only then do you have a heavenly father who will parent you perfectly, who will provide for you faithfully, who will correct you carefully. And who will provide you with an eternity that is beyond your wildest imagination. I want to give you a chance as we close out here to ask God the Father to become your God. To ask the Lord Jesus to become your Savior. So that you could enter into the family of God and be surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. A family that will never forget you. A family that will never uh, leave you. A family that will be together in heaven forever. Let's close our eyes and go to the Lord in prayer and respond to what we've heard today. Let's pray. Father, I know that on Mother's Day, we want the moms to feel so loved and so blessed and so cherished. We also want children to obey both mom and dad. And this is from the Spirit. But you're our Heavenly Father. And I know there are some here today who, they don't know you that way. You aren't real to them. They haven't ever received Christ as Lord, and so they've been going it alone. And Father, I just pray that they would come into your presence right now, that they would bring all of their past, that they would bring all of their questions, all of their disappointments, all of their joys and accomplishments, straight into your presence, and that they would say, Father in heaven, forgive me, for I have sinned. I have disregarded and denied you as the rightful father in my life, and right now I come home. I come home and I ask for a place in your family where I can receive your love and your care and your attention now, tomorrow, and forever. I pray that you would give me salvation through Jesus who died for me, the perfect son, obeying the perfect father. Pray that you would fill my heart with all the joy and love and peace of heaven and promise me eternity forever. Father, I pray for those who are seeing their need and who are seeking you in their lives fill their hearts with joy show them that you will never leave them and you will never forsake them that through their faith they have become sons and daughters of the father in heaven thank you father for your perfect care over us and we pray all of this and thank you in jesus name amen amen let's stand and let's sing